chance is to get the crooks who framed him. Welcome to Midnight Flicks, a podcast dedicated to discussing movies relegated to a late night purgatory. I am one of your hosts, Pat Mitchell, and joining me on this cinematic expedition is Adam Walker. Adam, while you were out uh, getting your second second COVID vaccine, um, James Hetfield has come out as an anti-vaxxer. That's great. My man. Your main man. Coming out. He said, quote, uh, he hasn't gotten vaccine since he was forced to uh, for a Metallica Africa tour. <laughs> yeah. And he's not starting now. I mean, he's rich enough he can get away with it. Probably. The new uh, Metallica album, I know you don't listen to them anymore, but it's going to be called Don't Tread on Me, Metallica. It's just a picture of the Gadsden <laughs> flag. <laughs> yeah that sounds about right well i mean if the lesson we learn from all these politicians and celebrities getting covid that have have been you know whatever against the vaccination they have the money to get the treatment to recover from it so what is it to them you know so like trump everybody with bated breath that i knew was just you know, fingers, every digit cross was hoping that he would eat shit from COVID. And and he's one of the most unhealthy people in existence. And he just bounced right back like the fat orange ball that he is. I think in his case, all of the preservatives from all the fast food actually helped preserve all of his major organs and 
yeah. actually, you know, fought the fought the virus off itself. But I don't want James Hetfield to die, and I imagine that like, you know, Lars isn't gonna get it. My poor sweet Kirk Hammett, I hope he doesn't fucking get it. Robert Trujillo would probably just fucking slap base it the fuck away. So slap base it out of existence. <laughs> right. Yeah, of all that if the, if there is one con- uh concern I have with all of that, it's because I, I do really like Kirk Hammett as a person and I wouldn't want him to get COVID. Poor the rest sweet of them Kirk Hammett. He's the only poor, he's the only one we all like still. Sweet baby Kirk. Yeah, so don't give it to him, but some of them can all fucking get it and fucking suffer. Fuck them. True. True. Well, like I'm you glad said, you- except for Except for Robert, because he, he's got the magic slap base power. Slap, slap base it the fuck out of existence. Yeah. But I'm glad you're vaccinated. Now we can spit in each other's mouths without any repercussions. Yeah, I was telling Charlotte, I'm I'm elated because I can just go on s- sucking so much anonymous dick like I used mm-hmm. to. Just cl- mm-hmm. glory hole abounding. Back so. on the... Back on the the proverbial horse's cock. Penis, yes. But speaking of... Uh, <laughs> How are you going to segue this one? How are you going to segue <laughs> sucking lots of dick with today's movie? You know what doesn't suck a lot of dick is <laughs> today's, right. today's movie, uh, which is my choice and i'm very excited to talk about 1985's police story uh jackie chan's ooh, first ooh, movie ooh. of the podcast yes whoop, whoop. Mm. uh as we all know jackie chan's a huge juggalo um that was supposed to be a police siren <laughs> but i'm glad that you interpreted it as a woot woot what if like wait no no sorry i don't want to get off track too quick but what if there was a police like a juggalo police division and their car siren sound would just woot 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 as opposed everyone's like hey scatter the juggalo police is coming whoop 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 <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jackie Chan's newest film, Twisted with a Z, wasn't received very well. Um, but no, <laughs> I know it wasn't. Um, I love Jackie Chan so very, mm. very much. So off the yeah. top, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about him because the the story that I have as to how I came about watching Police Story isn't necessarily uh, very interesting, but. Um, how I started watching Jackie Chan movies is probably exponentially more interesting. Um, Mm. I love him a great deal. Uh, He basically combines my love for choreographed fighting, hence uh, my love for professional wrestling and early silent slapstick comedians like Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd and Charlie Chaplin and all those um, he kind of meshes the two things into one like conglomeration that is uniquely his own. Um, yeah. And I was watching some special features on the police story criterion collection and Edgar Wright has like a interview about how much he loves uh, Jackie Chan. And he's, he perfectly uh, describes him as being Buster Keaton meets Bruce Lee, which is perfectly appropriate because he's got these, oddly like dorky qualities to him like he seems like kind of an idiot in 
in a lot of his portrayals of characters. But then when it comes to like fisticuffs, he he will throw down uh, at a level that is seconded by nobody. <laughs> yeah, he's a kung fu savant in his in his movie portrayals. And unlike uh, Bruce, uh, to he, I feel like he his strength is he's like an actor that happens to be a, a, a supremely talented fighter, whereas yeah. Bruce Lee was a supremely talented fighter who tried to foray into acting. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's the main difference. But I think Jackie does both on on a level that Bruce Lee hadn't perfected yet. Um, and with his untimely death, who knows what would have happened. But because Jackie Chan's still pumping this shit out and um, still doing his own stunts all these all these years later. But I didn't want to clog up the off the top segment. I am genuinely curious because uh, this is the first time you've seen Police Story, what you thought of it. Yeah, as I mentioned uh, at the end of the last episode, Police Story is one of those Jackie Chan movies that, of course, has been on my list to watch for years and I love other Jackie Chan outings that I've watched. I love drunken master and there's like an older one called spiritual Kung Fu that I like a lot. I, I can't say that there's a lot of his more American stuff that I've just kind of not watched. Um, so, but there is that early to middle period that I, you know, I do know of and I'm familiar with and I like a lot. Um, so I'm gl- I was really stoked that you wanted to watch this. And man, let me tell you, I fucking love this movie so oh, much. It is man. so good. That makes me so happy. I, I it, There was no reason why I, I wasn't watching it like, I don't know if he'll like this. I was watching it like, I can't fucking wait to talk to him about it because I know it's everything he loves. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, just grinning from ear to ear and loving every second of this movie. It was just such a good time. I would say, um, cause you, you brought up like his, uh, more Americanized movies and his like four way in the nineties into like more Americanized cinema. But my top three, uh, Jackie Chan, this would be up. This would be in there. Rumble mm-hmm. in the Bronx is in there probably cause it's the first Jackie Chan movie I saw. Cause I saw that as a kid and I, like have it on VHS and I watch it all the time and it still rips. I love that movie so much. Um, and wheels on meals is probably in there. So th- those are the three go to Jackie Chan movies. But like, like you said, like the drunken master movies are like uh, project a there, there's, you know, operation condor. There's so many really, really hidden gems in his filmography. Um, I think a lot of people would be shocked at like, how lucrative a career he's had because it wasn't, most of it was, you know, an Easternized career. Yeah. And we had actually mentioned before about potentially talking about wheels on meals on here. So maybe we'll get to that someday too. It was a literal coin flip. I, I was, I was going to do one of the two and this is what it landed on. Um, mainly because I don't own Wheels on Meals. And so since oh, I yeah. own Police Store, I thought it'd be a lot easier to talk about. But Wheels on Meals is, is fucking phenomenal too. But mm. um, shall we just get into the real meat of it then? 
Well, you know, let's yeah, let's talk about the numbers. Let's give the numbers up top. And yeah, all that yeah, jazz. Well, we'll start with a a quick plot description for maybe anybody who hasn't uh, seen it before. Jackie Chan plays um, an inspector, Chan Kakui. By the way, before I do this plot description, did you watch the dubbed version or did you watch the subtitled version? I watched the subtitled version. Okay. Thank God. We watched the same version. <laughs> the only reason I ask is because all the characters' names are changed in the dubbed version. And it's oh, like really? a different watch. Yeah, they, they call him – his character is Jackie Chan in the dubbed version. <laughs> they just call him Jackie. So, all right. Um, but good. We're on the same page. Jackie Chan plays an inspector, uh, Chan Kakui, part of a sting operation tasked with bringing down a, a known drug kingpin, Chu Tao. When the bust uh, goes awry, Kakui is ordered to protect Chu Tao's secretary, Selena, who is to be the key witness for the prosecution against Chu Tao. And through a series of comedic errors, Selena is taken hostage and Kakui is framed for murder, forcing him to bring down Chu Tao and clear his name in the process. Um, it's a very cliched cop story, uh, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A cop that's been pushed too far has to take matters into his own hands, but brilliantly, brilliantly executed. Um, it had mixed reviews from American writers when it first came out uh, who praised the stunt work, but panned the the cop movie cliches and thought the comedy to be a little corny and, and misguided. Um but the later appraisal of this film, and which is why it is uh, considered a midnight flick in our estimation, um, the later appraisal of the film, it's basically heralded as one of the best action movies ever made. Um, mm -hmm. And in 2016, uh, there was a, a publication called Time Out who polled 50 film critics uh, – no, 50 film critics, directors, actors, and stunt actors to list their top action films of all time. And Police Story was voted to be the fourth best action movie of all time behind a very strange list of three movies. Aliens being number one, number two, Seven Samurai, which I don't even consider an action movie, and three, The Wild Bunch, which is another very strange movie to be ahead of it. But um, it's in very... Right very good company and and held in held in high esteem um it's release you know in the eastern world it was it was beloved from the jump i think for whatever reason there's a there's a westernized reappraisal of eastern cinema for for some weird reason and the, you know things that were that were misunderstood upon their release you know 20, 30 years ago have been kind of given a second chance. And this definitely falls in that category. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah of, I was go ahead. Say, no, sorry. I was to say that's kind of what I gathered from everything that you said is what I picked up. So ditto then um, in terms of box office gross, I could not for the life of me find a budget for this movie. <laughs> Neither could I. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> could not figure out what what it was made for. But I can yeah. tell you wholeheartedly that it made money hand over fist. Um in in Hong Kong, it grossed uh equivalent of three million US dollars. Um 
Taiwan, Japan, uh, South Korea, United States, it, it grossed in the millions. Uh, the United States numbers, it was never released in the United States in theaters, actually. Um, in 2019, yeah. when it got its restoration, it was released in a very small, limited run. But they count those numbers towards the box office. So um, all in all, worldwide, it uh, grossed an estimated $16 million U.S. dollars. So um, – Pretty, pretty, pretty good. For 1985, mm. I would imagine that it was not made for anywhere near that much. And when you don't have to hire any stunt doubles. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. No one's insured. Uh, you know, it's just <laughs> just Jackie Chan's stunt team doing all of this shit. Uh, they're probably saving a lot of money. So I imagine this this made quite quite a bit over over the years. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to throw in to this pot of rich, meaty gumbo before we move on? No, pretty much everything you said is what I had. And, you know, as far as critical reception and, you know, it being panned basically because of the comedic aspect of it, not landing with the U.S. audience or with Western audiences or whatever and whatever. So, yeah. If you want to head on into the the main gallery of this, let's take a let's take a walk into the good, the bad, and the questionable. Good. Um, I feel like we have to start with this, but in terms of pure action, and I mean adrenaline pumping, high octane action sequencing, the mall Mm. scene is in my top three favorite action scenes of all time, right up there with the semi chase probably in T2 and the I don't know the tanker of oh, the tanker chase in Mad Max two. Those are probably it's probably those three. It's the mat. It's the tanker chase in Mad Max two, and the and the semi chase in in T two and and this mall scene, which is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> right. What I was gonna say is, um, so yeah, off the top, I just said you know stunts, stunts, stunts. This is if you like stunts, man. You're gonna you're gonna blow your load over this, but specifically with relation to the movies that we've talked about, this movie is in line with Cliffhanger, and you already said the Road Warrior, um, and Deadbeat at Dawn. As far as the the level of masterly executed stunts um, from all across the spectrum. From the big budget fucking big dick shit with cliffhanger with that crazy airplane stunt to dead being a dawn where it's like it's you know that's a thing this i feel like this movie has more of a kinship in with dead beat a dawn in certain ways because all the stunts were done by the actors they were all just very diy you know devil may care stunt work 
So in terms of like a pure tour de force in like in its its purest meaning, just like how Deadbeat at Dawn, um, like Jim Van Bever, you know, wrote, directed, starred, choreographed. Right. Jackie Chan wrote, directed, starred choreographed sang the closing song the theme song <laughs> yeah <laughs> this dude legit did it all in this movie did it all he literally did and yeah it's interesting that you picked Riccio because these two films could not be more diametrically opposed within being the same genre they they are on opposite ends of the same right. genre spectrum um but i love both equally uh the, you know with mm-hmm. with this you just get expertly does not even do it a justice but expertly choreographed fight scenes that are like 5 10 15 minute long like sprawling never ending fight sequencing that it's just masterful and like jaw dropping and then then Riccio they kind of drop that sort of choreographing for more like blood and guts and and viscera which i love both yeah same and kind of the way that i felt was best to even maybe break this down this movie is discussing the main act stunts themselves or or action sequences because to me the action sequences in this movie are so um so well crafted and encapsulated under themselves that you could break each one and analyze each one unto itself because it just goes from like one tremendous action sequence to another that can, you know, that can be picked apart as far as the finesse that went into creating them, you know, from like the top, you have the shanty town action sequence, which is just bookended with two, Absolutely ridiculous <laughs> set pieces. It's bookended with, like you said, the shanty town and it fit, the finale at the mall uh, yeah. is ridiculous. And then there's little tidbits uh, strewn throughout. But yeah, talk about an opening sequence and a closing sequence. It's it might be the strongest opening and closing that we've ever had. For sure. Yeah. So you have the shanty town, which leads into the bus sequence. <laughs> <laughs> the double decker bus sequence just crazy from the jump from him hanging when he ha- hooks onto that bus with the umbrella and is hanging onto it like my jaw just drops <laughs> it's, just thinking about it's him jaw doing dropping and it's it's not it's not arrogant but um I, I, I like to reference the part where at the very end where they literally show the one stunt where he jumps down the pole at the mall and they replay it three times from three different camera angles. Um, yeah. And in, in any other movie, it, that would be like such a big dick move that would be like off-putting. Like, look at this fucking shit that I pulled off. But in this instance, it's genuinely like it, it's it's just the icing on this cake. It's like. Look at this final thing, this final piece of, of choreographed stunt work that I'm I'm giving to you. And I love the packaging of it, playing it three times from all those different angles. <laughs> it reminds me of the bus sequence because when you have somebody that does their own stunt work, there's no camera tricks needed. 
They know the exact yeah. angles that they need to do to perform these stunts. And, and Jackie's performing all of them. So you don't need to cut away. There's not a lot of like high, high paced, like editing uh, to cut away from the actor and to implant like, you know, double or stunt work actors. It's all him. And it, the camera does not flinch. It's, it's unblinking because the, the, the main treat of this movie is his stunt work and, and how he's able to perform it. So the bus, the bus work is the stuff he does on the double decker bus is, is fucking nuts. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So those main things right off the top are great. Um, and then when it gets into the more, there's like the kind of more expository stuff in between when he is um, watching over Selena, Selena, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, there is the whole <laughs> sequence where he obviously, he sets up this um, trick where he has his partner come play the, the stalker <laughs> murderer to convince her that she needs to have protection and that dance that they have together with him and his partner where, you know, they're, <laughs> he's trying to play that he's assaulting him. He's trying to, you know, s- submit him, but she's not in on the joke. So she just keeps hitting his partner over the head with different objects and just knocking him out and, you know, further just making him go, you know, slack. I love that whole part. And that's, you know, that's the first glimpse I think you really get of the, the slapsticky nature of this movie yeah. and Jackie and what Jackie Chan also is really good at is melding comedy with action and choreographed maneuvers like that. Yeah. When he, it's like a weekend at Bernie's situation. Like it's so, 100%. it's so expertly done though. Like his body's like completely slack and, the way he maneuvers both of their bodies to make it look like they're still fighting. It's yes. so, so, so funny. But that's a good segue into uh, what also is in my good, which is all the slapstick stuff, like everything from like what you just mentioned to like the the cake being the birthday cake getting slammed in his face like over and over and over, over again. Over and over. <laughs> to like um, him answering all the phones in the office oh my God. is, is just will, like so ridiculous. The phone sequence had me dying. It's, it's just, seriously so funny. It's genuinely funny. Yeah, it's so good. And just how it ends with him eating his ramen <laughs> with the pencils and the <laughs> The eraser gets dropped into the ramen, so he's chewing on the. I, it's just it's just so magical that he was a, he's able to do this type of stuff where he's able to meld all these things so well and and make it so ultimately entertaining. Not Ma- and, and magical. Just, and that's not, exactly what he is. He is magical. He's he's a magical individual and and so unpretentious about his work and his approach to things. Right. Yeah. That's another part of my good is Jackie Chan himself is, is kind of portrayed as like all the ladies kind of want him, but not in like a, uh, a sly or an Arnold way. Like it's more of like, he's like a, the funny personable nerd kind of way. Um, But also like 
his personality shines through to where like he is the star and you you love you want to cheer for him so much. And then there's this mm-hmm. weird like dichotomy of him being kind of a, a just kind of a doofus, but then like he pulls off the scene in the office with the phones with such a delicate like ballet, like him kicking the pen to himself and balancing mm-hmm. all the phones, like you realize like this guy's like clearly not a doofus. Like there's actually very few people in all of Hollywood that could have done that phone scene. Literally. Like it's Mm -hmm. literally that difficult and, and to pull it off in a charming way. Oh my God, no one could do it. No, I'm convinced of it. Yeah. And I would say it also that kind of acting and that kind of slapstick comedy and choreography really harkens back to a yesteryear era of, filmmaking that you don't really see anymore it's not really pulled off the way that it was like with buster keaton and and charlie chaplin and even like singing in the rain i don't know how familiar you are with that movie but there's absolutely there's that one really grandiose musical number that i can't remember the actor's name but there's just this one just like centerpiece kind of grandiose dance sequence that he does gene kelly it's not Gene Kelly. It's one of the other guys. It's his like partner. Oh. Um, but anyways, but you watch things like that. And that's, again, you don't see that anymore. And Jackie Chan does that where it, there's such an art to it. it you know? It's, it's, uh, it mesmerizes you. <laughs> yeah, it really does because it like there's l- it lulls you into a sense of like calm or it just it, it, it's it's like eat it's like drinking a warm glass of milk. I don't know how to describe it otherwise. Well, yeah, but there's just a wonder and a joy to it, and I I don't like to use this word a lot because I'm not going to go into it. But there, I have a loaded history with this word, but there is a delight. To it, there is a delightfulness <laughs> to it. <laughs> this is the most gushy episode of Midnight Flicks I think we will ever have. Jackie Chan has reduced us to a, a, a puddle of cum, <laughs> just blubbering. Yeah, blubbering fanboys here. Come with a K. Um, mm, <laughs> go ahead, make come your come and, come and go. There it is, the come and go. <laughs> Speaking of uh, inappropriate shirts um, that I've been looking at at the, on the internet, uh, I did see one that I plan <laughs> on wearing. <laughs> that I plan on wearing to Ripley's, uh, you know, an upcoming PTA meeting or whatever church picnic. Maybe is, is I don't know. David, David Allen Co shirt. It's not a David Allen Co shirt, although <laughs> that could be up there. But it is a shirt that says, and it's got a picture of Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer on it, and it says, "Choke me like Bundy, eat me like Dahmer." So that's fun. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to meet the other parents in that shirt. <laughs> we could actually yeah. make it into a midnight flick shirt. We could say, "Choke me like Bundy, eat me like Dahmer." Uh, bust in my navel like Thorogood. There we go. <laughs> Shellac me gold like Johnny Five. <laughs> I don't know. Whiskey dick me like Thorogood. Oh, wow. Wow. Fall asleep mid coitus like Thorogood. <laughs> <laughs> We're off the rails. Um, let's get back to police story. <laughs> I fuck alone. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that George Thurgood is going to be a mainstay on the pod now. That's good to mm-hmm. good to see. Next uh, next season, I'll make a George Thurgood award. I don't know what it would be yet. Um, most surly performance. Yeah. What What more good do you have? Well, I mean, so I don't know if we should just dive right into this because there's so much to talk about, I feel. But all in all, obviously, that mall sequence from beginning to end is just something to behold in just the sense that I don't think I've seen any action movie that utilizes so much broken glass in my whole life. And just, again, being in complete wonder as to all these people just getting thrown and pushed and driven into so much broken glass and not sustaining, and I, I, you know, I feel like we'll talk about it in the wiki wormhole. You will, if if if, if I don't. Why, you know, they didn't sustain massive injuries, but still, nonetheless, insane amounts of broken glass. Um, and to think that they didn't use the traditional like sugar glass that they right. use so in a lot of Hollywood. Say, yeah. yeah, we 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 can step on our own dicks here a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they used a thicker substance to make it more realistic and, but the, the risk of injury went through the fucking roof because of it. Um, but it, it really shows in the, and the final product really shines because of it, because there's so many people going through so many windows and so many glass objects that, and so many glass tables and shit that it would have, you could, it would have looked phony if you use that sugar glass shit. It just wouldn't have yeah. looked the same. And there, but there's so many cool like camera angles and techniques that they use. Like you're on the other side of that window and Jackie's face gets shoved yeah. into it and it breaks. Uh, and it's so like unbelievable. You don't even know what you're fucking looking at. It's so right. like beautiful. It's it's it is a fucking ballet. It's a violent ballet. <laughs> yeah. It really it, is. It's what- gorgeous. Well, what I wanted to say, I guess, before, if we do talk about the mall sequence more, there's a couple other uh, things, too. So going back to talking about the slapstick aspect of it, there's one scene that I just I love so much is when he's arguing with May and she's on her moped and she's about to, to drive off and he grabs her by her backpack and it does that whole maneuver of. You know, she just goes clunk and the moped flies forward. <laughs> she just she just falls on her ass. <laughs> and there's also a um, – because so I watched uh, Police Story 1 and 2 back to back and they they recall that joke. And uh, she's about yeah. to take, take off on a moped and he grabs the backpack and she has like a flashback where she like looks up and there's like a thought bubble of – of her falling <laughs> on her ass from the last movie. And she's like, get the fuck off of me. And then he like, uh, let's go. But her, the wheel is stuck in the bumper of a car. And she's like, well, aren't you going to help me? It's, it's a great, like, it's just such good comedy. It's such yeah. brilliant comedy. I, I just, I don't know why that aspect was off putting to critics. People were like, I love the stunt work, but ah, the jokes had something to, you know, they could have been better. It's just not. It's not. It's not like fucking refined comedy. It's you just laugh, idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, again, I feel like because it does it. 
it harkens back to an older era of comedy and slapstick. So maybe it just doesn't land with certain people because that's just not their, their shtick, but whatever. Um, yeah, I think you're just kind of a a fuddy duddy if you're, you're just not into it, not into it or just don't get it. But, um, speaking of the comedy though, I I also really like the court courtroom sequence. It does have, I have this in my questionable as well, but I do, I do like the whole sequence and how he, you know, he, uh, he plays himself with the the recording, you know, where he 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 feels like he has his he has his proof, his his evidence that he can provide. And then he gets played, you know, when it, the audio plays and there's no context to it. And it sounds like he's just about to have sex with Selena or is having sex with her for that matter. <laughs> I love when something is I like I love when something plays out in a movie and the context of it is unknown, but then it plays out in a completely different context and they, they call it back later in the movie. That is such a good callback because when it's, when it's happening and she's on the couch and they're talking mm-hmm. about like where she's going to sleep that night, like it all seems very innocent, but in, in the context of an audio recording, it's yeah. again, uh, just, that's just some, that's just good old fashioned chuckle fuck comedy chuckle fuck yeah so those are some of my other goods but back to the mall sequence yeah so of course that insane final stun where he dive well first off there's where he dives onto the escalators and lands that and then yeah. when he does that final stun of landing on that pole and dropping Multiple stories. He, he cascades like five stories down to the floor. And the best part about it is he hits the ground and starts kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he like hits the ground and then just starts like just whooping people at the bottom. It, it's, you know, if you if you just don't listen to us at all or don't take anything out of this podcast, I would just YouTube mall scene police story and just have the best yeah. 13 minutes of your life. Like it's just from start to finish, unbelievable. And you won't need any context. It's it's just simply one of the greatest action sequences ever, ever. It's not even close. Yeah, back to back it, my friends, with that final fight sequence in, in Deadbeat at Dawn. And just... <laughs> have, a me, have a Midnight <laughs> Flicks uh, film festival. Yes. We should do that. We should do like a Midnight Flicks uh, best action sequence uh, reel montage I, I actually think i might do that that'd be something well, super fun we have plenty uh to to pull from so yeah. yeah that would be great um one stunt we did not mention that i that i think is fucking awesome is when selena takes the dive into the pool um another oh, yeah. unbelievable uh jump that's and good they don't cut away whatsoever <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i know i yeah, heard I, that actress did her own stunts but i would right. imagine that that was a double there's no fucking way she did that. i don't i don't know for sure but that that was that's a pretty ballsy stunt who knows i mean you can definitely tell during the mall sequence when she's getting flung around that that's definitely her she did yeah it did say that she did most of her stunt work i can't confirm mm-hmm. the pool thing i would be um very impressed if she did because that that is a pretty nutty stunt yeah and and another nutty stunt that we i don't think we mentioned going back to the uh 
the double decker bus scene is when it stops right before it hits uh chan where he's got his gun pulled and then those two villains just fly out of the windows and again clearly like there's there's no special effects there those dudes actually flew out of those windows and landed on the ground yeah doing somersaults uh, onto just like hot concrete yeah that can't uh, be fun it can't be fun at all yeah it's you can't do multiple takes or else people are gonna be going to the hospital you gotta do your best to land it as quickly as possible with all that stuff well in the in, during imagine. the end credits where they just show like the blooper reel or whatever it's not really a blooper reel it's just like outtakes or whatever but it's just like people on stretchers because <laughs> like right jackie chan had to go to the hospital like twice like it's crazy yeah people getting like resuscitated and all like the you know the massage work and physical therapy that's going on in between takes <laughs> This is the kind of thing you have to go to like Eastern cinema to enjoy because there's not a fucking actors union on the planet that would allow (laughs) a film of this caliber to be made where just a guy and all his stunt buddies are just going to do all of these absolutely preposterous uh, stunt uh, stunt work. It's it's crazy. And they're legit getting hurt doing it. Yeah. 100%. Um, Anything else we want to uh, opine about? Um, no, not that I can think of. Well, with a bloated good section <laughs> comes one of the most sparing bads uh, that I can. And I usually try to be very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any bad? No. And I mean, this is picking nits and this is more just, you know, due to just circumstance that it's beyond our, our control of being uh, primarily English speaking, only English speaking Western individual. Sometimes I feel like there is clearly, you know, there can be a, a language kind of barrier issue with, you know, how some of this dialogue translates, but that's par for the course with a lot of these movies. So, you know, you kind of have to do your best to, you know, not be super judgmental about how the dialogue comes off a little weird. Um, There's definitely some lost in translation bits that, so I did something very interesting when I watched police story two, I watched it dubbed because I was like watching Ripley and like in and out of the room. So I didn't want it just playing in Mandarin in the background. I wouldn't know what the fuck was going on, but right. um, so I had it English dubbed, but with the subtitles. So it's super interesting because the subtitles are, are translating verbatim what it should right. be in Mandarin, but the, right. the, what they're saying is the English <laughs> dub version. So you, it's basically a match for match what it should have been and what the English version is. And it's de- almost every line is completely different because the English funny. English version is just there's just some things that are can't be characterized or put in descriptive quality like the, yeah. like the way it is in Mandarin so yeah um, oh, the, I, yeah. I, did, I did have another bad sorry I did have another bad yeah um, 
I don't know how I feel about some of the whimsical soundtrack that accompanies some of the parts. It definitely comes off. That does come off a little corny at times. Are you talking about the main theme? Not even that. The incidental music. The incidental music within. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to say hero song is a fucking jammer. Oh yeah, no, no, that's great. I loved it. I will no, not, no, no qualms with that whatsoever. <laughs> not have you talk ill of heroes. So. Um, the only bad I had is something I couldn't suss out, which is what the fuck are they? Does Uncle Bill and the superintendent just like not know how to play darts? Like I didn't understand the sequencing right. there. They're like, there's two dart boards, and they're the superintendent is like purposely putting it between the boards, and then at the end. They're like, let's both throw bullseyes. Like, I, I, w- I would put money on the fact that they both just threw it and both hit double bullseyes. Like, just that's the, it's the kind of movie that would do that. And then they both like hit like the fucking drywall. What the hell is going on in that scene? Yeah, bad, bad, bad dart players. Well, so I will say this too. Um, we talk a lot about bad plans. Uh, maybe this is this is more of a questionable bad plan sort of thing. I do think the overall plan by the drug kingpin to nail Chan by ha- ha- by killing Inspector Man seems like not a not a good plan, not a very wise thought out plan. You know what I mean? Like just yeah, absolutely. Why why, why are you circuitously working around? Just get rid of Chan. He's the problem, right? If you were an actual vicious drug lord, you would just kill the cop that is the problem and then figure out a way to get rid of him. Why try and just, well, we're going to ruin his reputation. But obviously that, you know, that's one of those things where it's a, it's a, it's a major crux of the plot. They can't do that. You know, they have to, they have to work, have this workaround where they just, they ruin his reputation. And then of course there is the, the trope of that's what makes, that's what turns Chan from being, you know, this kind of virtuous, lovable, good-natured cop to being now he's the hardened, you know, scarred cop that's on a mission. But that plan in general just sucks. You know, just kill him and then you're done with it. Yeah, and like you said, it's like bad slash questionable because I feel like the plan changed like three times. Because right. the, the original plan was the like <laughs> – kill him and then and then it changed to kill selena and then it went yeah. to the, from that to well we'll just kill this ins- inspector man guy and or detective and, man and just pin it on yeah jack like yeah that w- it was strange well and that's the thing too because that is a central crux of the plot and it doesn't actually arise until the like basically the third act it's like you know <laughs> it's like three quarters of the way through the movie. Then they finally, they figure out, okay, this is how we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. The pacing in this is, is uh, odd. It, not odd, but it keeps, it, it's always keeping you guessing. Like you would have sworn at the beginning, like, okay, this is like him. Uh, he's going to like, Selena's going into witness protection and he's going to have to like, fight off a bunch of drug lord dudes to keep her safe. But then it yeah. quickly like segues into courtroom scene. And then right. once she's kidnapped, it segues into 
him trying to, uh, you know, clear his name. So it's like, it's like constantly pivoting in a way that's like, there's no point in the movie that's boring because they don't really keep the same plot like throughout. It's, it's constantly pivoting into different shit. Yeah. Not in a bad sure. way, just in a, like a, it's, it's just yeah, different. It doesn't, right. It doesn't take me out of the movie at all. It's just one of those things where, you know, cause you're, you're so fixated on other aspects of this movie. The plot, obviously, you know, it's fine, but the plot really is secondary to all the other, you know, banana shit that's going on in the movie. Yeah. yeah. When it comes <laughs> to shit like this, it's just get me from point A to point B, baby. I don't, <laughs> I don't care how I get there. Like it right. like, just, Give me a quick explanation as to why we're here and then just yeah. start kicking ass. That, that's all I care about. Yeah. Exactly. Questions. What kind of questions did you have? <laughs> so I actually had this thought. Uh, I don't have this on my question list, but I did have this thought and it did get uh, brought up while we were watching. It was, um, what is it? Inspector Bill? It, Uncle it, Bill. It, it, he looks like a child. Oh, maybe not. That's, maybe maybe not Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill is like is Jackie's um, is boss right under the superintendent. Maybe who? Okay, the superintendent. The superintendent. The superintendent. Yes, is he's a child. He looks like a teenager. He does look like three kids trending it into an R-rated movie with <laughs> one raincoat. Really? <laughs> he really does. <laughs> How old is that dude? Three Mandarin children <laughs> trying to become a, a superintendent in the Hong Kong police force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're gonna, we're going to need a bigger coat for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good question. Um, I also thought uh, Selena doesn't think twice about leaving like so she doesn't know that 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 dude is is uh in cahoots with with jackie but she doesn't think twice about leaving that dude completely knocked out in her apartment when they leave <laughs> like right the jig isn't up yet and she's like totally content with locking up and being like i'm just gonna let that guy be passed out in my apartment <laughs> that's totally yeah. fine let's let's get going yeah that, that was questionable but also the 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 Chinese judicial system moves at warp speed. She's released from <laughs> jail and appears in court the next day. <laughs> right. That, that's the part that was jarring when they're constantly pivoting. You're like, oh, okay, she's in witness protection, so he's gonna have to like watch her until the trial begins. Oh, the trial's tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, that's some justice, baby. I love that. That's fast. I mean. I would say that um, those. I would say that maybe folks from that area are well, a bit more efficient than we are. And maybe oh, is, just is it like accurate? I don't like, or is it just like? No, a I don't know. I'm just saying that's obvious. That's a stereotype of cliche. They're just more efficient at everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a podcast, or it wouldn't be a midnight flicks episode if we if we didn't bust out some racist, uh, <laughs> some casual racism there, some casual racism. <laughs> well, we I, let me let me smooth this over like peanut butter by saying we welcome. Ni hao, all of our <laughs> Mandarin listeners. Absolutely. Mandarin-speaking listeners. That, did that help, <laughs> or was that worse? 
I don't know. Okay. It, who knows anymore, right? Who knows? Pat said Nihau on the newest Midnight Flicks episode. He's in he's hot a, water he, now. He's a, he's appropriating. I guess I have one more. If we could double back around to the bad is bad take in terms of bad takes. Jackie Chan. Have you seen the shit like the, the hot water Jackie Chan has gotten into like recently? No. Oh, no, no, really? Well, no, he wasn't canceled um, necessarily, but he let's just say he's a staunch patriot. Um, and yeah. he, he came out in defense of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, mm. There was a lot of protests going on in Hong Kong. And he basically mm. came out as a boomer and being like, think of everything that China has provided you. And don't be ungrateful. And we live in a, a beautiful country. And uh, people didn't take it very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not know that. I mean, yes. Yes, bad, and, bad take, Jackie. But he's still in my. He's he's still magical. It didn't it didn't uh, de de glamorize him for me at all. Um, you know, he's just well. A- <laughs> I would say that you know we would be. Um, I would say that we would be cherry picking if that was the case, considering certain action stars that we both very vocally love that are American that clearly have a, an incredibly bad track record when it comes to things like that. You know, I, mean, I will, I yeah. will love Arnie and Stallone to the day I die, but my dudes are, you know, they're basically, they were, pl- they were, you know, CIA plans. If you want to really get to the nitty gritty of it. <laughs> yeah. The, the newest Rambo movie was just like a MAGA fever dream. And absolutely. <laughs> do I love them any less? No, I'm going to have my racist uncles over for Thanksgiving. Exactly. Because how, how else do we all become, you know, a more har- harmonious society? Unless we break bread with our racist CIA plant megastar <laughs> action hero uncles. I see no other way out. <laughs> We're so dick deep. I, I can't. I, there's nothing else to do. There's, there's no recourse there's, here. There's no <laughs> exactly any other questions. Well, speaking of the courtroom, it doesn't really explain or prove why his dictaphone tape was set to record during that whole, you know, tay a tay between him and Selena. So I don't Sel- remember seeing Selena that. Selena found it and oh. and she recorded that conversation. She recorded over their conversation from earlier. Now I remember that actually. That was one of those. So there was a couple um pivots in the plot like that that I just for some reason either might have been looking away no, it's very it's very much so a little bit unspoken. They have a conversation like why are you recording me? Yeah. And but when she does that whole thing on the couch, she's recording over their conversation from earlier. So, you know, whatever he had, because she also plans on dicking out of Dodge there. And so the only she won't be around. And the only evidence he has has been recorded over and it's going to make him look like a fool. Yeah, because I actually kind of also just missed when she ends up going into hiding. I just well, like he, all of a sudden then. he wakes up late like uh like like Jerry who's supposed to wear it, wake up the marathon runner he didn't set an <laughs> alarm 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, she hit. I she didn't even like sneak out in the middle of the night. She probably just got up like at a normal time and left at the front door. Yeah, <laughs> Jackie just asleep at the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I do. You know, again, it was one of those things where I, I just kind of. I was probably in the middle of doing something, and it's definitely like, wait, not wait. like um, it. It wasn't like in detail. <laughs> they definitely didn't go over it in detail. Um, one other question I have, just a general genre question, when it comes to movies like this, is this this whole idea of cops being able to unleash total mayhem in public spaces in pursuit of the quote unquote bad guy. And there's obviously no repercussion whatsoever. It's just like, he did a good job. He just like wiped out an entire fucking, you know, uh, squatter village with his car. Did a great job. Well, it's funny you say that because the crux of police story too, is the amount of fucking like irreparable damage that Jackie Chan did to the mall. It's literally like what the entire uh, plot is hinged upon because the mall is like, well, we're <laughs> the, the mall's mm-hmm. destroyed, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like Jackie gets like demoted to like crossing guard basically, and so mm-hmm. they they're yeah the repercussions are only seen in the in the sequel, but I love I I love a good cop using like a <laughs> like a sledgehammer to to put a tack in the wall like blues brothers when they're driving the fucking car through the mall malls seem Mm -hmm. to be the casualty uh in a lot of police movies yeah which if you want to if you want to get into subtext you know if you if you want to really get into film nerd subtext and discuss you know the the symbolism of the authority figure wiping out the ultimate um representation of modern consumerism and modern gluttony there it is think, think about that all right yeah. let's let's write our midnight flicks thesis paper <laughs> jackie chan is so magical it's been 45 minutes and we haven't said nary a bad thing about the cops yeah that's that's how they got us with this one you know we don't even think about the fact that cops suck but in this context we love we love Jackie Chan as a cop. He's he's all right. He like David Blaine our shit. Like he was like, is this your fucking car? And he blew like smoke. And we're like, cops are good. We're just and then we're blue lives matter. Just I, like that. I didn't know. I have the blue lives matter flag in my yard now. I'm going to buy that new. Uh, don't tread on me. Talica record. I don't fucking know what's going on in my life. Just have just have the Gadsden snakes suck the vaccine right out of me, so I can un- unvaccinate myself. <laughs> Unfortunately, that can only be done through your urethra. <laughs> I learned that on the Joe Rogan podcast, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm just having now a picture of the Gadsden flag snake, just with its 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 talons on a penis, just. <laughs> Coming out, <laughs> hanging off of those balls that like those stupid veiny balls that people put on the back of their fucking trucks. Yeah, the truck nuts. Truck nuts. Yeah, Gadsden snake on a pair of truck nuts. Burn that. <laughs> that should burn that flag. That should be the title of this episode. <laughs> Gadsden snake on a on a pair of truck nuts. <laughs> Suck, sucking the vaccine out of a dong. 
<laughs> Why did they get the vaccine to, to begin with? They just regretting it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, after after they've uh, after we've been like magically David Blaine to Blue Lives Matter people, and then we realize, oh fuck, how do I get this vaccine out of me? I forgot. I forgot. Yes. Yeah. Jackie. <laughs> Jackie did that to us. Mm-hmm. Um. Any anything else to round out the good, the bad, and the questionable? No, I think this is a good good time to transition into the our third act, our yeah. final mall sequence. Here comes our mall sequence, baby. I'm about to slam down this pole at the fashion <laughs> mall, go down to the fucking <laughs> Apple store, put my put my dick on a MacBook. with uh, quotes for our awards and categories section. Um, This is a hard movie to quote because like we already pointed out, uh, lots of things get lost in translation, but there's a great uh, back and forth with Jackie and Selena in the kitchen where he asks her if she wants something to drink and she says, "Uh, I'll take some orange juice. And he goes, okay, grab it yourself. (laughs) Right. I love that. Terrible host. Terrible host. Yeah, bad. Yeah, back to the bad. Jackie's a bad Good host. Cop. Terrible host. That should be the theme. That should be the, the slogan. Mm-hmm. Good cop. Bad host. Bad birthday party, too. Come on. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, a real, yeah, a real, a real bumbler when it comes to mending uh, his mistakes with, with his, his lady pal there. If you were um, mad about what he put May through in Police Story One, just oh, wait, wait, till he's... wait till you see May, May's what May has to go through in Police Story Two. It's it's uh, unfathomable why she stays with him. Um, poor, yeah, poor May. She's such a. She seems like a very sweet girl she too. Is very she's very sweet. Just... She's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't quote it, but the back and forth when he's holding all the fucking phones and that person, mm. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's hard to make this comedic, but she said she was raped and needs some needs some help with uh, the disposal of the fetus inside her. And he tells her to just butt chug a bunch of morning after pills. (laughs) What a strange. That all has to be like, I'm sure that's what the joke was. And it's 1985. Mm -hmm. So like whatever. But like. Reading the subtitles for it, it was had to be. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah, unreal. That whole that whole exchange, or that's that's just yeah. That was 
Because then she, she tells his mom to 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 take the morning after pills, and yeah, once he hangs up, he's like, "My mom, my mom's not even pregnant." It's such a right. strange. It's a strange sequencing. It didn't ruin the scene. It, it was just makes it even more surreal than it already yeah. was. Um, yeah. Do you have any quotes that stand out to you from this? I can only really glean one other than the ones you were talking about. And it's like, don't be, don't be a cop if you want to live to be a hundred. And then Wong replies, you, you want that line on the recruitment poster? <laughs> I love that. It should have been on the recruitment poster. Yeah. He, there's also a line that's like the law is for those that don't have expensive, fancy lawyers or whatever. I think Jackie says it at yeah. towards the end or something. Um, I like that one too. Uh, Okay, moving off of quote. Oh, no. Well, I, I saved this for the quote section as well. I I looked up the lyrics to that hero song. Oh, yeah. So did I. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Is it just – it's like some youth crew, like, chain of strength, blood for blood <laughs> shit. Like, it is so – bizarre like if you didn't hear the actual song which is like upbeat and synthy and you were just mm-hmm. like check out this new chain of strength song i'd be like none yeah, the that, wiser this sucks like the rest of them but uh, <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> so, sorry for our the the passionate youth crew uh following that we have um, I mean, I do like some youth crew just on the record. I'm, I'm just saying. Sorry. I'm not trying to shit that, on Chain no, of Strength. No, no. I, I, it's the first band that came to my mind. Yes, I get, I get where you're putting down there. But go on. None but my own steely self, total dedication. <laughs> I sweat, I bleed in search of the great way. Lives put down as wagers may spin a few sagas, defying against distresses so brave, walking around in arrogance like the lion. It's onward and march with consequences known to oneself. Climb and climb, I'll put my name on the clouds. With pride, I write down the poem of my life. Man, you are so right. The, like when you put it in the context of thinking of it as being a youth cruise song and then you reciting it, I could totally hear it going along with like some two step like put down as wagers. <laughs> it's absolutely uh, it's an Earth Crisis song. That is absolutely. <laughs> this new Earth Crisis song, Earth Hero song is a ripper. That's amazing. Okay. Um, best scene, worst scene. Uh, do we even have to belabor the point on what the best scene is here? I don't believe we do. I, w- um, I would say we're definitely in agreement. What is the worst? The best scene is uh, the mall scene. We yeah. uh, have come to agreement. What is the worst scene? I had to like really reach and just, I guess the assassination of inspector man scene, but I was like, I don't know. I put the courtroom and then and my only the only reason I even put it there was because I was like thinking like a lack of someone getting their ass kicked. <laughs> right. It, it serves yeah, a for purpose. Sure. It's not like it, it it's not like it's bad or hard to sit through or it's it's just I had to pick something. Yeah, for, for sure. That's what I had to do as like maybe this because there is there is a low key point in action with both. There's no action, obviously. It's all comedy, pretty much, or it's 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 drama, comedy, dramedy with the courtroom scene, and then with Inspector Man, it's more just yeah. There is there is a <clears throat> arrest in the action. I don't know. 
I, I had no idea what to come up with. We can't say anything bad about this. It's it's tough. It's really it's really tough. The Dahmer I hardly know her award for the most killer performance. Again, do we even? It's obvious. It's my our main man JC, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who I live and 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 die for, and mm-hmm. um, through all my sins are are washed. JC, yeah. Uh, Michael Rooker award for the most evil fucker in the movie. This one was also incredibly difficult. Well, I just thought it was Mr. Chu Tao. All right. Sure. I just think, you know, you know, drug dealing at this point, who cares? <laughs> right. Exactly. That's one of those. Let the kids mor- have the drugs. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a moralistic blurry area at this point that, you know, <laughs> we don't have any truck in it. You know, I guess that guy is, I mean, he's just evil because he's a shitty, rich, fucking exploitative dickhead. Yeah, yeah that's whatever. true, but legalize it. <laughs> <laughs> I said Inspector Man. Uh, yeah, just he doing, was my other choice. Doing the double cross and then also yeah. letting him get away to begin with. Like, and Jackie was like, hey, fuckface, why'd you leave your post? Yeah. So I went yeah. With him. Yeah, either one for me. The recasting couch. Um, I have an interesting uh, fantasy cast for you here. If they were to ever, and in my mental gymnastics, this would have had to have been done like 10 years ago, 10 to 15 years ago. But if they were ever to have done an actual Americanized reboot, because they've rebooted this fucking series at nausea to the point where I actually don't even understand what the last like three police stories are. I don't know what they are, literally. Um, but if they were to le- legit just do a shot-for-shot shot Americanized remake of Police Story, I think the perfect Jackie Chan, and I think he's a modern, westernized Jackie Chan, is my main man, TC, Tom Cruise. This is my okay. this is yeah. my logic here. He does all of his own stunt work for the Mission Impossible shit. Mm-hmm. He's charming and charismatic in a way that like 1980s action superheroes, you know, kind of lacked a, a little bit. They were more just like juiced up, but yeah. they're both kind of slender little mans. T- TC obviously could not do any of the any of the fucking <laughs> martial arts shit. But in in some weird universe, if they were if they were to do it, I feel like he is our version of of Jackie Chan here in the states. I mean, I can't argue with that. He he would be the closest one that I could think of. He he for sure. I mean, he also lacks any of the comedic finesse. Any well, of that. because Scientology stole his brain, uh, right? But. I still think he's funny and charismatic in, in even in his, some of his later shit. I, you know, I feel like he's an actor to the point where he even, when he turns on charisma or personality, he's not turning it on like from within. He's like acting like someone that would be charismatic. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Whereas Jackie not- Chan is like naturally charismatic, like himself yeah. as a person. Yeah. Because yeah, like you said, Jackie Chan hasn't become whatever a fucking a Cylon, <laughs> a, a Scientology Cylon, a, Cy, a Scientologist. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. so 
But yeah, and I'm not denying that that Tom Cruise can't be funny in certain roles. He definitely can be. He's, I, I mean, even in roles that are considered, you know, you know, I guess some of his more fake or fraudulent, like Jerry Maguire. I think he has funny moments, and but yes, but he's definitely not the through and through just magical, funny, charming person that Jackie Chan is. He's a, no, he's a fake funny. He's a fake funny man. And the hurdle of all the 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 reason I think like ten or fifteen years ago this may have been possible was whenever he plays somebody like uh, you know a few good men or whatever. I feel like he was like, I'll take this role, but I also have to graduate from law school first. Like he was like, right? Like, he dedicates himself to being like every ounce of that character and i could see him being like i'm just gonna go through fucking <laughs> like some advanced martial arts training for the next year sure. and a half and then show up and be like fucking jacked and and kicking ass but sure i don't have any other recasting shit because this doesn't have like i mean i don't there wasn't any recasting to have been done on this right yeah i don't have anything either so well, um, let's wrap this up then with the uh, wiki wormhole um, body count. I I had to do this after the fact, just like through recollection. Is there only one person that dies? Like like legit dies? That's I mean, what I had. Lots of people On get camera. their fucking ass kicked, but like, <laughs> does anyone actually die? Yeah. On in terms of on camera death, there's only. Inspector Man, as far as I know. That's all I had. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when cars are careening through the shanty town, like I'm sure people like <laughs> <laughs> people died. But like, yeah, even when Jackie's just whooping ass, like everyone's just getting knocked the fuck out. But no one's dying. As far yeah, as I know. you know. And it, right. And it's it's if, if any of those poor shanty town, whatever. People die, then who cares, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> because they don't count. They're they're just poor fucking slubs yeah, living in fucking lane views. Yeah, cook. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, man. <laughs> Stop living your. Sh- you only live in the shanty town because you live in a shanty town in your heart, and you don't have the drive, and you're just. Getting your getting your fucking stimulus checks and living in your shanty town, just, not, just not wanting to work, right? Raking in that unemployment, not wanting to go back to work. So you're not a person. You don't count. Yeah, you live in your your shanty town. <laughs> um, good, good. <laughs> Glad we got that out of the way. So we've, I think we've co- we've pretty much covered all the bases as far as inf- uh, infuriating or offending people with this one. Oh, I did, okay. I didn't know I had to smooth knee how to all of our <laughs> Mandarin speaking listeners to all of our shitty town <laughs> listeners. <laughs> we appreciate you using the stimulus checks to buy laptops to listen to our and smartphones to listen to our. Podcast while you can't feed your 13 children, you mongoloids. <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck. I don't know how to segue into this, but Jackie Chan sustained burns on his hands during the pole slide scene in the mall. 
the Christmas tree lights were plugged into uh, actual wall sockets, hence all the fucking burns that he sustained on the way down. The main takeaway from that that I, I just thought of, too, is, God, like, how how did he jerk off? <laughs> when you are that level of martial arts expertise, I'm pretty sure it's, like, above black belt. It's, like, like the invisible belt where you just look down and use, like, some Jedi jerk-off tricks. Sure. That's true. He Good just looked, He just looked down on that thing and said... Mm-hmm. You're going to come, come, come. More injuries. In addition to the burns on his hands, Jackie also injured his seventh and eighth vertebrae and dislocated his pelvis on the pole slide when he crashed into the kiosk at the bottom. (laughs) Yeah. Phenomenal. Unbelievable. He was uh, also hospitalized following the stunt where, uh, the stunt where he flips over the balcony and crashes through the glass and light display as he was not breathing. My God. Yeah. He went through a lot. He went through a lot for this. Um, this is Jackie Chan's favorite film in his filmography. Uh, according to who knows what, um, the climactic, uh, mall pole slide sequence was filmed in one take without any rehearsals and no use of any wires whatsoever. Unreal. Unfucking real. Just. I love a good one take Johnny shot, and that shanty town is a one take Johnny shot, too. <laughs> we I would hope so. That's the thing. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope that they wouldn't have to do that over and over. But we didn't talk about this in the bad, but this probably would be in my bad, even though I love it. You could clearly tell they're just explosives going off. Yes. <laughs> it looks like Vietnam yes. or something. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Why are the cars causing the shantytown to spontaneously combust? <laughs> I know. I love it, though. I love it. I absolutely fucking love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, The scene where the villains crash through the bus window that we talked about earlier and fall onto the ground was a complete accident. They were really supposed to fall onto the car. But due to the air brakes of the bus, there was a pump break and creating space, a pump back, creating space between the bus and the car. And so they just fell to the fucking concrete. (laughs) Which... On a whim, when you when you know you're going out the window and it's there's space there, you you know you're just you're gonna take take one for the team there. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. In the double decker bus scene, Jackie used a metal umbrella because a wooden one kept slipping when he tried to hang onto the bus. How terrifying for you to realize that while doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I got to switch this umbrella out. This is going. I'm going to plummet to my death. If we I don't t- understand. Continue doing. I, I was gonna say I don't know how a, a metal umbrella would be that much more would give you that much more grip. Honestly, but I mean, whatever. I didn't think of it. Yeah, I. You know, I was thinking it was just more sturdy. Like maybe it was mm-hmm. just like a weighted umbrella, like a weighted yeah. weighted handle or something. But yeah, like in terms of the friction between two surfaces. Metal on metal or wood on metal? Who gives a shit? Like it's, it seems like they would both slip. But yeah, yeah. The reason that police story—I love this this weird factoid. The reason that the uh, police story has such a plain name was because every time Jackie Chan started a new project in Hong Kong, everyone else 
followed up with imitations. For example, when The Legend of Drunken Master was announced, every filmmaker and their brother started making drunken boxing movies. Um, so he went with police stories so no one would know what to expect, um, which seems just absolutely hilarious and strange. <laughs> right. Just yeah, so bizarre. funny. This is Jackie Chan's only Hong Kong Academy Best Picture Award. He never won one again, which is strange. <laughs> yeah. And as we already talked about, Jackie Chan sings the theme song, Hero Story, uh, in the closing credits. It, the song makes a an appearance earlier in the movie. It's sung by somebody else. But that is Jackie Chan's Golden Pipes at the end singing uh, that Blood for Blood uh, cover. <laughs> his, his youth crew anthem. <laughs> what factoids did you pull up that you want to throw in here? I only had one other one besides what you mentioned, and I'm surprised that you didn't mention this, considering I know your love for this movie. I like this movie, too, but I have not seen it in quite some time. That bus scene was replicated in Tango and Cash. Yes. So I had a list of movies because there's lots of movies that pulled um, directly from like the the tendrils of police story run deep with directors and lots Mm -hmm. of directors want to try to duplicate certain sequencing but i did read that i'm yeah you're right i left it out and you know i'm such a uh such a chan boy that i you yeah. know i'm sorry i left it out a chan man i was looking for fanboy, but chan boy i don't know if that translated Ch- chan man you're just a chan man chan man sounds <laughs> like the theme of this episode <laughs> Casually racist. <laughs> it does. Chan- <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to throw throw it out there? Who gives a no, shit? No. We're already in the, the racial weeds. We're already we've already been canceled by the five people that listen. Damn, that was a good run. Ni hao to all of our Mandarin. We got hey, uh, we got to put our eggs in some basket. They don't know we're we're assholes yet. This is completely off the subject, but um, I did want to mention this before we close because we're actually kind of doing good on time. Um, And because we've mentioned our dude uh, in previous episodes quite a bit, we haven't brought him up in a while. But were you aware of uh, apparently Danzig is once again in the hot seat because Hmm. he made some comment about how I know he's done stuff like this before, but this one apparently stuck in the craw of people where he made the comment. Apparently I have not read the article myself. This is all hearsay that he said that, you know, he did the boomer thing and said that if the misfits were a band now that they be canceled by cancel culture or whatever, yeah, which on, on its face is complete nonsense because the misfits just ended a, one of the most successful tours that any punk band has ever engaged in probably in the history of punk. And they were not canceled at all. They, they have lived on uh, as being one of the highest grossing, you know, highest paid punk bands of all time. Yeah, no, nobody fact, asked for that opinion. Like, why did he come out? And nobody say that? asked <laughs> for that opinion. But then somebody pointed out the fact that, like, what are you going to get canceled about your scary pumpkin songs? <laughs> Who the fuck's going to cancel you? But this is what's funny. This is like the meta, the meta narrative of this is 
Danzig is now getting canceled for talking about being canceled when he was not, in fact, canceled at all. Yeah, the boomers are like scared of their own shadow. They want to. They want to be. <laughs> they want to be like, uh, like you know that meme where it's like absolutely nobody, and then yes, and then they're just it's like absolutely nobody, and then boomers are like, well, I would be canceled for calling people faggots, but you know, that's just the way I live. Got my truck nuts, <laughs> and my dad's been fucking like nobody. Nobody asked your. Nobody said anything. Like right. you're the one coming out here saying faggot or whatever. Like I don't. I mean, I don't know. That's weird thing to be shouting right now. I didn't say anything, and we're at an Applebee's. So, <laughs> like, like, sit down. What's going on? Yeah. What do you have, Tourette's? Come on. <laughs> yeah. What's? Yeah. I'm trying to get some Apple teenies here, and I don't know why you're in the booth <laughs> behind me. Yeah, you come busting, <laughs> busting like the Kool Aid man, saying yeah. faggot. George Thorogood back here. Jesus Christ. Calm yeah. Down. So, anyways, I just wanted to bring that because we haven't given a nod to our, our man Dan in a while, and <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Him, him and, and James Hetfield both came out. Nobody asked them anything, and they came oh, out. They had to have opinions. But they offered their opinions on it. So thank you, guys. Thank you for trying to just stay relevant in whatever fucking way you can. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I'll get that new Don't Tread on Metallica record. That- <laughs> would you get Would you get a pair of screen-printed uh, Metallica truck nuts? <laughs> <laughs> we have three jokes in this episode and we have done that thing that we talk about where you say a joke and it's funny and then you say it four more times and it's not funny but then, then you it, say it four more times and now we're at the end and these jokes are funny again and thus ends this episode the final episode of midnight flicks ever <laughs> because it, people will actually complain about this one but Hopefully. enjoy our next week's episode, which will be entirely in Mandarin. So ni hao to all of our Mandarin-speaking individuals out there. And I look forward to your listenership next week. <laughs> Do you, let, let's rate this before we get completely off the rails, if we're not there already. What, what would you rate this? Uh, let's come up with an iconography. Um, I didn't even think about this. Uh, what would you? What What are some good uh, icons of this show of this movie that we could think of? Out of five piles of broken glass, glass pies in the face, broken shanty towns, umbrellas, double decker buses. You name it. There's a lot. There's a lot we could do. Um, well, I, I was speaking of that one, one real quick little tidbit before we do rate this, that the cast apparently, uh, joked that there was so much broken glass used in this movie that they wanted to call it the glass story. I, I saw that. That's, so, so there you go. Let's do, yeah, let's do busted the fuck up pain windows. <laughs> Just like broken glass. Yes. Five piles of broken glass. I gave it a five. This movie fucking rules. I love it so much. It's a five for sure. Yeah. And uh, absolutely. It's I am. I am uh, to use a word you hate delighted that uh, 
you liked it as much as you did. I was watching it last night and just had a ripper of a good time. I fucking loved it. And I hadn't watched it in a a minute, Um, but it was a real treat. Where on the midnight clock does this land? This is like an eight o'clock movie. Yeah, this is fun for the whole family, man. I rewatched it this morning. I watched it again this morning and I watched it back to back this morning with two with Ripley and... Ripley was shouting some shit that had me in stitches. Watch out, Jackie. Or like, behind you, Jackie. <laughs> or like, all this shit. And, or like, uh, like in Police Story 2, he runs across the street and gets like hit by a van. Like, he plays Frogger, where he literally does this thing where he goes across like six lanes of traffic and doesn't get hit until the very end. <laughs> Just <laughs> fucking hilarious. And Ripley's been saying all day, why didn't Jackie hold his hold his daddy's hand across the street. And I said, you're right. No. He didn't. And that's Shut why up. he got hit by a car. And if you don't hold my hand, you will be Ripley goo on 465. Yeah. Until you grow up and you become the next American Jackie Chan Ripley. That's your fate. If you don't hold my hand. So it was a, <laughs> it was a good lesson. Okay. What is on the next episode? Well, remember our discussion because I fucked up. You're picking two in, well, two in a row. We're still like eight episodes away, though, because this is like episode, what, 13? No, we're not. It's it's in two weeks. We've done 20 episodes already. I have like six movies on my list still. Yeah, One, but two, remember three, what I four, said, though, five, because. Point ten, eleven. This is episode 12. Folks out there, TV TV timeout. We have to have an off-pod discussion. discussion about the next episode so go ahead pat tell us you were tugging me hard i was tugging you hard and then we rough tug five um we were tugging each other because for for reasons nobody fucking cares about but i'm gonna pick the next movie next week and then adam's gonna pick two in a row and then we'll do a tit for tat two two pat slappers Cat slappers in a row. Aren't you guys lucky? For next week, what kind of real palate cleanser uh, do we want? Do we want on here? I'm going to do a back-to-back action sandwich, uh, but we're going to go nice. back back to the west, and I'm going to choose Predator Two, the second Predator Ooh. movie, which is a Ooh. it's highly 
highly underrated from 1990. We're back in the 90s oh. where we belong. Danny Glover, Gary Busey. It's a a real a real treat. Yeah, and I haven't watched it in a long time. So hell yes, that's gonna be a uh, that's gonna yeah that's gonna be a slapper. Dude, two action slappers in a row. I'm in in a wheelhouse here. This that'll be that'll be next week for all of our new Nihao Mandarin speaking individuals on the podcast. So look out for that next week, my friends. Yep. I wish I knew Mandarin. I would say something, but I don't. Clearly, so. I only know one word. <laughs> okay. This has been another deep dive into Midnight Movie Madness. Big thanks to Charlotte Blythe for providing our intro music. Our outro music is brought to you by none other than another boomer band losing their minds, Black Flag, with Police Story. And also enjoy uh, hearing Jackie Chan's sweet vocals on Hero Song as well. If you're a band looking to submit a song or a listener looking to submit a question, feel free to shoot us an email at midnightflixpod at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram at midnightflixpod for Adam Walker. I'm Pat Mitchell. Ni hao.